Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into the best fatherhood radio show in the world. Furthering Fathering Radio Show. The Furthering Fathering Radio Show. The, the, the brothers are back in the building. Brother J in NYC and Brother L in the ATL. The, the, the Furthering Fathering Radio Show starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You ready? L- l- let's get the conversation started. I emphasize that if anyone is listening to this as a replay or listening to it live, Connect with furthering fathering. You will be encouraged. You will be edified. The 20, 30 minutes that we're on the radio chopping it up is nothing compared to the energy and the strength you will receive from men who love you just because you're a man. And then as they get to know you, they speak life to you, they challenge you, they affirm you, and they enable you to be powerful where you're needed, which is good for a family. Brother Derek, you're saying hello. It's not only, it's not only um, good for the child, but I think it's a mandate from God. Um, I think the heart of the Father belongs to men, and God has called us to be that for as many children as we can. So I don't echo everything you said. I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with that, and I think um, the call is for more men to embrace that truth so that we can begin to rebuild our community, our nation, one family at a time. Ghost, 
Thank you, Lord, for victory and a great, great conversation that will bless many in perpetuity. We thank you, Lord, for victory. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Amen. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So we're going to go to, to a quick commercial, and uh, here we go. Ladies, life is too short to be seen wearing boring jewelry. Come on over to Unique loop de loop handmade jewelry and designs for your exclusive one-of-a-kind boho sleek fashionable jewelry log on to www.uniqueloopdeloop.com or join me on instagram live at unique loop 5 each wednesday 8 p.m eastern standard time this show this show is also brought to you by the haven church global the safe place to grow in grace where peace is made and the truth makes us free. Also brought to you by Fly TV, the channel for celebrities where athletes, entertainers, and other celebrities put their content on for, for their fans to see it as without the filters of anyone else. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for our sponsors and we look forward to being a blessing to you as you are a blessing to us. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Honor is our first and primary principle in furthering fathering. Um, honor is the lifeblood of relationships. It is our yes. first principle out of heart, H-E-A-R-T. And uh, this is Women's History Month, so the, the most important women in our personal histories are our mothers. So yeah. I would like, Elle, you could give honor to your mother, the, the incredible Alberta Bernice Jones. Love you. Yeah, no, I, I, I and thank you for that, Jay. Um, you know, my, my mother, um, this is the uh, Women's History right Month, but my mother would have actually been 79 years young tomorrow, tomorrow. Wow. Uh, she, she, yeah, she, she transitioned uh, February fifth, twenty eleven. I just retired um, um, earlier that that previous year, and you know, Jay, and, and, and I'm I'm gonna ask you to, to I'm gonna pose this question to you as well. You know, what's the one thing that you can you know th- that your mother was known for, and that you remember her telling you the most, like. Uh, my my mother was known for now now mind you we we grew up in the uh, housing projects Jefferson Stuyvesant Brooklyn but my mother was known for her Sunday dinners and you know again Jay we didn't know we were poor <laughs> because you know that was just the way we grew up man that was how how we grew up but but my mother was known for extending Sunday dinner to all of our friends and she had it, it was four of us. But that was that was what my mother was known for, and the one thing that you know she she uh, always you know looked at me and and expected from me was to do good. That yeah. that was always her 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 motto to me, baby. Do good, be good, and do good. So e- even although she's transitioned, you know, um, over over eleven years. I still say, Mom, I hope I make you proud. I hope I'm, I'm making you proud. So, you know, that's, that's and Mom, I'll continue to honor you because, uh, you know, she's given me some great recipes, man, that uh, I, I, I keep going. I keep, I keep them moving. And uh, she also gave them to my wife. And um, so we, we just treasure those things from her. And I, I just love her, honor her, think about her every day. Um, and the beautiful thing is I know one day I'll get to see her again. So Jay, what's, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that uh, and, and that that your mother was known for? And and what's the one thing that you can say that you remember her? Um, I'll say drilling into your memory, but reminding you of or encouraging you on along the way. Oh wow! Uh, she similarly 
my mother was an incredible cook. Not regular, I'm not saying this because <laughs> she's my mother. You were at my mother's services as well. You can hear the people. <laughs> she could cook any nationality. And the people, I remember her making a lasagna when she was a nursing supervisor, and she was a traveling nurse also. I remember traveling her <laughs> one time because there was no babysitter. And she, uh, one of the visiting people she was an old Italian man. And he, she mm. made some lasagna, and the man could hardly see, and he didn't talk a lot. But when he tasted the lasagna, he said, who made this? <laughs> <laughs> so so, so I, I, um, I, I echo that. And anytime we had anything, people would come from other states, <laughs> other mm. states, with, with, with Tupperware, <laughs> you know? So I... <laughs>
um, corporation and total, total infrastructure far further than fatherhood, such a needed, needed institution in the world and also in the church. So, first of all, shout out for a job well done. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. (laughs) That means a lot. But, yeah, yeah. Well, well Bishop, and Bishop, this, this is Lamont. Don't, don't be surprised, Bishop, if you come back and you hear that as part of our new introduction, okay? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Use it. Use it up. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're blessed yeah, to um, have you. So, so, so Bishop, it's a... It's, uh, High time to, uh, of, of honor. You know, we're in spring and things are growing. But, but um, I noticed something as I was going through social media. I noticed that there's a, this is First Ladies Month. And also, it was your First Lady's birthday, the First Lady of ICAP, Regina Williams. And we would like to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, yes. happy birthday to the incredible Regina Williams. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Her birthday was yesterday, and because she's such a queen, I had to stop everything I was doing and uh, just celebrate all day yesterday with, with my lovely wife, uh, Lady Regina Harrison, such a blessed woman of God. So, of course, thank you, and I know she's online somewhere listening today along with my daughter. So, uh, on her behalf, I thank you all for wishing her a happy birthday. Oh wow! Awesome. Oh, wow! Awesome! Awesome! awesome. And, and and my my first lady Doreen says hello. <laughs> God yes. bless her. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so, without further ado, you are you are um, the leader, the presiding bishop of the international. Christian Apostolic Fellowship, and please tell the people what that is and why are so many global ministries connected? Absolutely. The um, International Christian Apostolic Fellowship, better known as ICAF, uh, is, is a fellowship of pastors and leaders from around the world, and uh, ICAF has a platform of training a fellowship and networking, and um, we have pastors literally across the United States and in many different countries around the world, and we have great leaders, uh, both male and female, who serve in uh, spiritual positions, some in governmental positions, some legal, some in the medical. I mean, in every aspect of civilization, there's probably somebody in our organization that's serving. Uh, and we come together uh, throughout the month and sometimes twice a year nationally, internationally for impartation, for training, for empowerment, to go back into our world and do what God has called us to do, and that's to be a light to the world from a spiritual perspective and even an aspect to your conversation today, even to be greater fathers, to be greater parents, to be greater uh, humans in general, not just from a spiritual perspective, but I try to empower them to go and make a difference uh, in wherever they are. We talked about that balanced life from that of spiritual and that also of physical and fatherhood and parenting and being better people uh, is a part of what ICAF represents globally around the world. Powerful, powerful. And let me interject very quickly. I accidentally put your first name behind first lady's name. <laughs> I meant to say Regina Harris. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> um, with how, what are the countries that are connected? Uh, and about how many ministries are connected to ICAF? You know, it's an amazing growth. And uh, ICAF grew basically not even through marketing. It, it grew through impact. And, um, you know, I started – this uh, as just a training mechanism. It was never in, it never even thought about it being global. I never intended for it to grow. It was just a group of pastors. I started training with a passion just to train to make a difference uh, just domestically. As we began to do that, I was introduced to global ministries, and I began to travel with many, many stories about the countries that I've been in and I've ministered in. One in particular is India, and went to India to serve and uh, 
went into India and was confronted by some witch doctors, and that's a long story that went virtual, uh, and had a, a confrontation literally with some witch doctors, and uh, they had brought the whole city out to, uh, to see whose God was real. And they confronted me at a church. I was in a Hindu temple, actually, in India. And I got there, and the streets were thronged with people. Never forget my drivers take me down the street. I thought I was famous. I said, they came to see me, and the, doc- the driver said, no, Dr. Harris, they came because the witch doctor invited them to see whose God was greater. And we went into that one little church, and then, of course, there was like a, what we call a spiritual showdown. And in the end, I end up baptizing those witch doctors in the name of Jesus. And uh, those witch doctors went into that Hallelujah. community and has won people to Christ and are now pastoring churches uh, under ICAF in that city in India. From that point, people heard of my anointing from all around the world. I started getting invitations in different countries and said, if that can happen in India, can that happen in Jamaica? Can that happen in Haiti? Can that happen in Pakistan? Can that happen in the Philippines? Can you come to Africa? And I began to travel all over the world. And as I went, we began to establish networks for ICAF, and then I also began to plant my personal churches, praise coming to churches in different countries. So we have a combination of about 300 international churches throughout Africa and throughout the world, and then I have particularly two churches that I've planted in Pakistan. I have a church that's active that I've planted, praise coming to church Pakistan. We also have a church, praise coming in the Philippines as well as two of our global global uh, local branches of our Praise Covenant Church, and then, of course, such a uh, great, great host of ICAP pastors literally around the world. And we grew, we're growing every day. Our global missions director is receiving invitations to join ICAP literally from all around the world in places I've never been, places I'll never wow. be able to reach. But the, the power and of the God's anointing uh, and growth has reached many, many countries. And so we have churches across the United States, and then we have churches again in at least five different countries presently, and we're growing as, as we're moving forward into 2022. Powerful, powerful, powerful. You know, it's, it's an incredible fellowship. You feel like you're part of a larger family. I'll tell you that personally, that you feel like you're part of a, a larger family, and that, and and. Even during the conference in October, from then, as we read this recent conference that I had to join virtually, but the one I was at physically mm-hmm. in October, I'm still connected to the to the pastors and people that I met there, mm-hmm. and 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 it's an incredible uh, 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 undergoing. It's incredible connectivity of fellowship. And speaking of fellowship, and we're going to segue here a little bit. Speaking of fellowship and its importance, special fellowship, because we are a fatherhood organization, uh, and this is uh, Women's History Month. And what we say in Furthering Fathering is that you're not raising children, you're raising adults. And when it comes to women, you're raising mothers, you're raising wives. So with that said, there's a special relationship, a fellowship that happens between a father and his biological daughter. Uh, um, I know you're a father of many. I want you to, 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 to say, give a shout-out to all of your children. But this being Women's History Month, we're going to kind of lean towards your, 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 your daughter or daughters <laughs> and speak to the nuances between your personal father-daughter relationship and the importance in general of the father-daughter relationship. We call it the, the lifelong father-daughter dance where every princess needs a king. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, as you said, I have a biological daughter. Her name is Rimaya Harris, uh, which is an awesome, awesome young lady. She is in college uh, here in California. Of course, I have spiritual daughters um, literally around the United States in our local churches. also have some spiritual daughters that are pastoring have some spiritual daughters that are literally working in different um, secular jobs. I was talking to some of them today, and uh, at our last conference, I found out that many of my spiritual daughters are so educated beyond that that I knew, uh, with doctorate degrees and master's degrees, and they're already involved in certain 
segments of population. So I want to give a shout-out to my, my biological daughter. I also want to give a shout-out to all of our, our spiritual uh, daughters uh, that are literally around the world. Um, I, I was thinking about the question that you just asked me, and it really struck a note. Um, and I thought about kind of the nuance or the differences between a, a mother a mother's relationship and a father's relationship with their daughter. And, and there is a difference. And um, it came to me this way, and I hope that you all can receive this. You know, a mother and a father's relationship uh, with their daughter is different. You know, yeah. usually, and not always, but usually a mother is more effective with words. But a father's weight and effectiveness usually will be with his presence uh, and his stability his presence and his stability. And, and you asked that secondary question, um, why does every princess need a king? You know, and I yep. want to answer that because I think this is really heavy, and I hope that all fathers grab a hold of this. The answer to that is because daughters need to feel the weight of their father's presence. They need to feel the weight of their father's presence. The language between fathers and daughters is implicit. It commands um, what I want to say tonight is a type of, Fluency that is rooted in trust or maybe we say security or reliability, you know, really to be sure mothers and fathers might have a more verbal relationship uh, that considers the texture and tone of the words we use. But I've learned that the specific language between fathers and daughters reminds us of an essential truth, that our children can also feel the weight of our presence and the depth of our love even without words. When I grew up, my mother, uh, her name is Linda Harris, um, she exemplified integrity or beauty, care, compassion. She was always the person that protected my anointing, always was the prayer person. My dad worked hard. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for most of my life, so I had more interaction and more verbal communication with my, with my mother, and my father was working and my father affected me differently, the weight of his presence in, in being uh, in my life. Though my mother's words may have rung more clear, but the weight of my father's presence was, was as important. So I want to say that to all fathers, that the mothers have a different, probably, approach and maybe have a different style of leadership. But a father, though our words may not, and that's just not in all cases, they may not ring as as uh, uh, courteous or as impactful as uh, are their mother's voice. Our daughters literally need to feel the weight of our presence. They need to know that we're there. They need to know we care. And it may not seem like that means a lot, but uh, statistics show that young women that have the weight of their father's presence or their father's in their life, do better in life, do better in relationships, do better in careers, literally do better in school, do better in grades. Statistics shows about the power of having an effective father uh, in their life. And I believe that is the reason why every princess needs a king, and I believe that's the difference between a mother's and a father's relationship with their daughter. Powerful, 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 powerful. Um, I hope everybody heard that. The weight of the presence. It's um, Bishop. It's led to something that we do in our our, our forums. In um, we we teach the men the value of their voice. Um, we mm-hmm. say that we say that when something is rare, it is exceedingly valuable. What make, in, in a, a world of supply and demand, rarity increases the stock of whatever it is. So you have to weigh your words so that, so that they, they will weigh a lot to your daughter. What you say matters. It has gravity. It has pull. It has the ability to grow and appreciate or to, to shrink and depreciate. Uh, 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 her esteem and her value. So what you're saying is a million percent right. <laughs> uh, uh, um, L, do you have anything to any, a question to add? Because I think the Holy Spirit just tugged a little bit just now. 
No, yes, yes. No, I listen, I don't want to – here's what I want to add. Um, because, Bishop, what you said is, is so powerful. Like, mic dropping, hard to come back from this one. And I know uh, uh, to our fathers, um, if, if, if right now you feel that weight or you feel like Bishop's on your toes or we're up in your face, receive this out of love. Receive this yeah. out of love because – Something that he said was heavy. He, he again. He said that the father's presence and stability. That that's that's you. Your presence and yeah. stability. He said that your daughter needs you, and he needs to. You, you, your daughter needs to feel the weight of that of the of your presence and the depth of your love, even without words. Dad, get it. Your presence alone, your presence alone will shift things. Your presence alone will shift things. If you're not in the child's life, doesn't matter whether you love that mother or not, the child's mother or not, get in your child's life. Your child needs your presence, especially our daughters. That's all I wanted to add. But, Bishop, you are, whoop. Yeah, come on. Let's get it cracking. You, 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 you're unpacking this thing, and I love it. I, I really, really love it. Thank you so much for for for, for being so insightful. We're, we're at the Absolutely. top of the hour. Go ahead, go ahead, Bishop. We're at the top of the hour. I'm going to interject no, no. very quickly. We have to do a PSA, one PSA at this time, and it's an announcement that Furthering Fathering Radio has grown from just a podcast to an actual radio show. In other words, we will become the very first and only nationally syndicated fatherhood radio show. We'll be on in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, San Francisco, New York, Atlanta, and Boston. So with that said, recognize that every princess needs a king, and so does every prince. We want you to listen in. We want to share it with you, and more to come. And back to the back to the show. Okay. So you were saying, Bishop, you were, before I, before I interjected, you were saying something about what Lamont had just said regarding the gravity of the presence. Can, can, you, uh, can you go on? Yeah, I, I was just going to add one quick comment, and that is, yes, um, as. Um, he has stated, Brother L, this is what we call nonverbal weight. Because a lot of men, you know, we do better talking than we do actions. So we will, we will, we will do a lot of talking, and sometimes we don't back up what we, we verbally say. And I think that sometimes even if a, a man is separated from a wife or goes through a divorce, you know, sometimes we feel like, well, since, you know, I don't have the impact of the mother because she has the children or somebody else has their ear, that I'm no longer effective. And I want people to know that because you are in the house doesn't mean that you're present. Uh, because you are connected to the child every day doesn't necessarily mean you are present. And if I can be transparent, at one point, and I think I shared this with some of the leaders at our conference uh, here in California, uh, as a national, international speaker, at one particular point, my kids were really young, and so my travels, took me away, and it didn't affect them as much. They came of an age where my wife one time came to me and said, um, when are you coming home? And I was home, and I didn't understand, and I said, well, I'm here. She said, well, when are you really going to be present? When are you really going to be here? And it took me 24 hours or so to catch what she was saying. What she was saying in retrospect was I was home, but the weight of my presence wasn't affecting my kids because I was home but my mind was still in Africa. I was home, but my mind was still in Atlanta. And so I want to share with all of the men that are listening, because you are even at home, it doesn't mean that your kids are feeling the weight of your presence. It doesn't mean that. And so we have to be intentional. Always say success is not by accident, but success is intentional. So for us to be successful as fathers, we've got to learn what that nonverbal weight is, and when we have an opportunity to really affect our children, we've got to be there. And our presence means more than our words. Powerful, powerful, powerful. 
So, so even weighted more than what we say, and that's powerful because we know the universe was created by words. <laughs> so, so right, there's right. something about the presence. Oh no, you know that's going to preach, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, we 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 we're talking about leadership, and and further and farther, we love to say that every leadership position that a man holds uh, um, is a fatherhood position in, in that it is in a position in the image, likeness, echo, reflection, and reverberation of God. And he is the ultimate father and leader. So we're just coming off of what, uh, what was the uh, midwinter conference, uh, and the theme was strategic leadership. You know, uh, and, and that's big with further and farther. We talk about strategic leadership and strategic fatherhood all the time. Um, can you share the importance of dads being strategic leaders? And after you answer this, I'm going to open up the lines and let some of the uh, those listening uh, uh, either ask questions or comment. Absolutely. You know, um and I don't want to say this as a cliche, but it, it's really a fact that we're living in, in somewhat of a fatherless generation. And um, that is both biologically uh, for our sons and daughters and also sometimes spiritually. And I believe that you said it best, fathers have become what I would call a rare breed because there's a difference between being a dad and a father. And there are a lot of men who are birthing biological children but are really not being fathers. Uh, they're really not being an example. And I feel like that if you use the word strategic leaders, that means that a father must be strategic in his approach, must be strategic in his uh, weight, must be strategic in uh, his relationships. And I believe because there is a, such a fatherless generation, there are so many daughters out there that uh, need that male figure in their life. And I've learned being a pastor and a also a psychologist, that many of our girls, our daughters, our young ladies, are getting in trouble because they're looking for love in the wrong places and because their fathers have not been as strategic as they should in raising their daughters or being uh, effective as fathers, then our daughters are moving into, and even our sons in many cases, into inappropriate relationships. You know, a daughter's relationship with their father uh, can play a key role in their psychological development. In fact, when fathers are present in their daughters' lives, girls grow up with a healthy sense of who they are. And when a woman knows who she is, she doesn't need a man to tell her that. Uh, they are more confident and, and what we would say self-assured and have a clear understanding of, of really what they want in life. And so I believe that uh, those of us that have daughters, God has given us kind of a what I would call it a, a really, really big challenge. We have, we have such a big opportunity uh, to affect in a positive way our daughters, and I would even include our sons. If we're strategic, we're not all going to be perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. But when we use the word strategy or, be, or strategic, I think of the word strategy, that means I have to have a strategy with my daughter. I have to be intentional. Again, I'll say it again, success is not by accident but success is intentional. That means I have to intentionally have a strategy to impact her uh, so that her future will also be impacted by the weight of my presence, the weight of my strategy, the weight of my love, the weight of my care, the weight of my uh, compassion. That has to be a part of my strategy in raising up my young girl, my daughter, my young lady, uh, this now new woman, of God to become what God uh, has called for her to be. And I would just say this. It's so important uh, that fathers understand that uh, those of you specifically that are even striving to be a father, you are a rare breed, but you mean much. It is important to encourage our fathers that are striving. You may not be perfect, but just know you mean much to the future of your child. You mean so much to the future of their lives. And it's just not from a spiritual perspective. Statistics show that a father with a strategy 
in his kid's life, those kids will turn out so much better than those that didn't have a father that had a strategy. Uh, and so I want to really encourage even the fathers that are, are listening today, you may not have been a perfect father. You may have a late start. Uh, you might have had setbacks, or maybe you didn't have the right uh, relationship, or maybe the mom is not participating in your opportunity or your vision or strategy to reach your child. Never give up on your daughter. Never give up on your children. Fight for their futures. Fight for the opportunity to be in their lives because strategic fathers mean much to God, but they also mean much to their children. And if you're strategic in your approach, we will see the investment in how your kids will turn out in our communities. Powerful, powerful, powerful. A, a quick, yes, that, that, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, strategy is everything. Um, it is a mm-hmm. testimony of faith. Um, you know, we, we know the word says, Lord, help us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. You only have but so much time when they're little to bend the tree to upright so that they're operating mm-hmm. in integrity. Integrity is everything, whether it be for our boys or for our girls. You know, there's a, a diva society right now, and people don't look at the etymology of that word, diva. The diva is a deus, D-E-U-S, mm-hmm. which is a goddess, and goddesses don't want love. Goddesses want worship, mm-hmm. and worship is preserved for God. So there's a certain level of strength and integrity that we want to give our daughters, but to simultaneously we want to bless them with humility as well. Uh, powerful, powerful, powerful. And speaking of having incredible women involved in your ministry, I'm thankful to have my wife uh, and and so many of her sisters. She's one, she's one of nine children and, and only two boys, so that means there's seven girls and, and, and they and grown women. They're not girls. Seven grown women who are incredible. And, and so I am, I, I, you are blessed to have not only First Lady Regina and your daughter, but uh, I would like to give a shout out to Elder Christia and to Sister Beverly, who I have interacted with to even uh, to, to maintain connectivity with you. Uh, they are phenomenal. And all of the incredible women in ICAF. I was watching uh, the, the, the TikTok of, I forget her name, in the Philippines from ICAF earlier today. She was, mm-hmm. she, she was praising. And uh, with that said, um, you, you, you have several men and women uh, worthy of honor. And, um, you know, I, is there a specific woman in history that inspires you, and then I'll open up the lines. Is there a specific woman in history that inspires you? Absolutely, and and thank you for the shout out to to the staff. And man, I I I sat there at the midwinter conference, and I had a, a a panel for for ladies. And of course, this is the month that we're appreciating all of these great women. And um, as they begin to read their bios, and I begin to see the impact that we're making, uh, we have in ICAF great, great women of God. The young lady you mentioned is one of my spiritual daughters in the Philippines. Her name is Cheryl Putt-Putt, and she pastors with her husband, Jamie, there in the Philippines, Praise Covenant Church, Philippines, and just an awesome woman of God. Uh, She was my interpreter when I went. That's how I met her. I was in the Philippines preaching, and she was my actual interpreter. And from that point, we just made an indelible uh, connection but they're doing great work there, women all over the world. I was thinking about, like, doctors to lawyers to nurses to entrepreneurs to great preachers. I've got pastors, women that are really, really standing out here, and all of them should – I wish I could mention all of their names, but they should be honored. You know, the, the biblical uh, uh, character and woman of the scriptures that most impressed me was Ruth uh, in the yes. scriptures. I, I'm always – pulled to Ruth. You know, she proved to be a woman of integrity uh, with Boaz. Everything she did represented a woman of great character. And I like the fact that God honored her for her bravery, you know, her faith, uh, her obedience. Even in that time, it even encouraged many to do better, to be followers of Christ, even in today's world. And, you know, the best lesson we learned from Ruth 
is that with faith in God, the best is yet to come. With faith in God, yeah. it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter where you are. Where, you know, one of my favorite messages that I preached was my setback was a setup for my comeback, right? So yeah. no matter what setback I've received, no matter what my life looked like today, you know, if I keep faith in God, the best is yet to come. I often encourage leaders uh, that your best work is not behind you, but your best work is in front of you. And you've got yes. to understand that with faith in God, there is nothing I can't do. There is nothing I can't obtain. Though it looks like I'm last, though it looks like maybe uh, something has set me back or had a calamity or I've had a sickness or I was dealt the wrong hand, born on the wrong side of the tracks, I'm never going to get there. Here's the lesson for somebody. I don't know, maybe it's for 10 people. The, the, the best lesson is that with faith in God, somebody got to grab it now, the best is yet to come. There's nothing yes. that I can't do. There's nothing I can't achieve. And though I started late, sometimes God saves the best to last. And if I can encourage about 17 more people, that if you really <laughs> have faith in God, God can accelerate you and make up for all the time that you've lost. He says, I will restore the years that even the canker worm has eaten. You know, I like that yeah. scripture because it doesn't say he's going to give me the stuff that I lost. He says, I'm going to give you the years you've lost. I'm going to give you the time back with your daughter. I'm going to give you the time back with your son. I'll give you the yeah. time back with your wife. Even the stuff that maybe you lost a job or COVID took some things from you. God says, don't fret. Don't get upset. Don't, don't pull your hair out. Don't get depressed. He says, I will and can and willing to restore, I got happy, even the years <laughs> that the canker worm has eaten. I'm declaring, I'm declaring, brother, yes. that God is going to give some man on this call, some woman, he's going to give yes. you your time back. He's going to accelerate you and make up for all the time that you lost. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I got excited. I got it. Y'all made me get excited. Amen. I felt like preaching for a few minutes. Hey, you did. You did. You did. I received that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Oh, um, I'm going to let in the first caller, 8272. I know who you are. <laughs> ah, someone very familiar to further and fathering. Uh, someone very familiar to Bishop. <laughs> ah, MTW. <laughs> Man, you better go ahead. You better go ahead with your bad self and leave me alone. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. <laughs> Man, all three of y'all sound like y'all go way back. <laughs> we do. We do. You ain't read Jeremiah. He said he threw us before yeah. we were in our mother's womb, and he ordained us. Hey, yeah, we go way did back. He drop <laughs> did he drop it like it was hot? Yes. Yes, did and he it bowed like it was hot. <laughs> yes. And he, 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 talks, he talks the important factors that we many times as fathers, you know, we, we, we miss, you know. Yeah. Man, that was so heavy when he talked about the weight. Um which is, which, you know, I, I had preached a message about when they carried the Ark of the Covenant wrong and yeah. God smote uh, David's uh, uh, homeboy and, um, and they wondered why did he want them to carry the cart on, you know, on their arms and their shoulders. And that, that's God wanting them to feel his weight with every yeah. step they take they can feel the responsibility that God was giving them. And he, Bishop, you said the same thing. Uh, our daughters, uh, they need to feel the weight of what we say in our actions and our presence. And that was yeah. so deep. I think that will stay with me for the rest of my life. That is life changing. Uh -oh. Thank you for that word. Bless you. Bless you. My pleasure. Yes. Well, yes, Pastor, Pastor yes. Mark, now now I understand, Pastor Mark, why you're in California. I get it now. I got it. I got it. I got it. Whatever wasn't clear is clear today, my brother. Stay there. Sun is shining there. Stay. 
<laughs> oh man! Hey, listen, I, I'm off work today. Today I'm off work, enjoying life. I just finished picking up my daughter. I, I'm a, I'm gonna leave you all because I'm gonna hop on next on our Bible study that we have. Uh, and I know you've got other folks from Africa and everywhere else calling in. God bless oh, you yeah. for this platform, honestly, Bishop. Thank you, man, for honoring us around the You're world welcome. today with your voice. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Love you, too. Yes, yes. Love you, brother. <laughs> we, we, uh, 4734, 4734. Welcome to the show. Well, praise the Lord, my brothers. This is, uh, a Charity Jay. I'm Charity Jay here. Charity. <laughs> An amazing, dynamic daughter okay. of distinction. Yes, Charity. I know. I know you've been listening. I know you've been listening, uh, yes. and, and you've heard. You've heard some jewels. Do you have a question for the bishop, or or you you just wanted to to, to spit back some of that fire? Well, I must Talk have been to talking to you over there to ask me if I had a question. <laughs> yes. I was. You know what? I just want to give honor to the presiding bishop and all of the bishops and the elders and ministers that's on the line and. Um, I'm just honored. Um, two things. One, I wanted to, you know, give honor to my mother with one thing that she would say, Dolores Jackson in San Diego, California, which I just drove back from. Um, she would say, you don't always have to make a point or put your point out there. You don't always have to make a point. You don't have to prove mm. that point to nobody. And so as the presiding bishop was speaking, I was like, who is this bishop? Who is he talking about? P-A-W, who is this? Who is this? And, <laughs> and as he was speaking about the presence of fathers and, and feeling the weight of a father, um, you know, you all, you two know my story. Um, yes. You know, be, uh, coming from my, my background, you know, bishop's daughter, uh, becoming homeless as a as a result of um, a religious traditional belief, and um, I was homeless for a year and a half as a daughter, and because of you know what it would be considered disobedient. So my question is to the presiding bishop: How do you, as a grown child, um, then? Let me back up. I'm grateful to hear that you're doing leadership classes that would help heal the families in those generational places. And what I heard, I was like, wow, I'm grateful to hear that. So with that being said, my question is, how do you as a grown child, a grown daughter, then begin to heal and re-engage that father who's not, that weight is not there? Thank you for your question. And, and that goes back to the example that you gave about your wife asking, when are you coming home? And that really resonated with me, you know, as a preacher's kid, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've always given up. So how do you reengage so that you can not only honor your father or your mother, whichever one is in that role that's not present, how do you reengage and honor them? Absolutely. Thank you for your question, uh, by the way. And um, I want to say something, and it will be an answer to your question, but it also hopefully impacts somebody out there that may be in the same situation, either receiving what you've received and or a father or a mother who's giving something that may not be as conducive to their child's future. Um, One thing I would share with you, and I try to do this transparently, and I try to share my lifestyle. I am a fourth-generation pastor, and uh, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in the church, and I made a point in my life to do something about it. I've just written a book, and maybe later on we'll get to that, called Leadership, Leadership, um, and it's on my website, drwilliamharris.com, and it's a book that talks about um, the changing of leadership, not just in the church, but also in the church, to affect your question. Uh, that is needed because there is a changing world. And uh, if you've been around so you understand probably from your past that 
many of uh, our former leaders, they led maybe even with some sincerity, but they didn't always have the vision, strategy, or intelligence to make the right decision as it involved their families. And I just said this to a group of pastors. Some of you that are, are, are needing this, you really want to connect with uh, Pastor McNard and ICAF. But it is important to note that many people will go and try to save the whole world and lose their families. And I yes. encourage leaders, don't go save the world and lose your family. Your first ministry is not to your church. It is not to the world. It is to your daughters. It is to your son. It is to your family. And many of the older school pastors would always uh, sometimes in a good sense of sin- sincerity minister to their church while their families were lacking, thinking that God was going to take care of their families while they took care of the church. But they missed the revelation that their first ministry is the home. And then the second ministry to the church, the Bible says that if you cannot minister to your home, then you shouldn't even be preaching at the church. And I think that it's important that we emphasize that. To your question, when you've been affected by this type of issue, um, and it is, it is really a, a deep cut sometimes. It's a wound that sometimes takes a while to heal. The best thing I can tell you to do is to make sure you understand that everybody that did things did not do it always intentional. There are certain people that did it because they didn't have the wisdom, the strategy that we're talking about, or the anointing. And so the best thing to do when you're in a situation like that is to understand first the motive behind it, if you can understand that, the way we heal is not always uh, trying to go back and fix the issue as much as it would be trying to help other people in it. Always say, try to use your pain for fuel. Try to use yes. your pain to affect the next generation. And that's what I've done uh, with my life, and that's what I've done with ICAST. I'm trying to bring up a new group of pastors that will not perpetrate or repeat the mistakes of our fathers. We can't always go back, and I find it in my own ministry many times. Uh, I had a great dad, but I find myself repenting for the sins of our fathers, which are sometimes spiritual fathers, and sometimes they're not my people, or I'm not connected to them, but I find myself bringing healing. Somebody asked me the yesterday, the Bishop, what's the number one thing that you feel like God called you to be? And I couldn't think of a better word but to say a bridge, to be able to try to find a bridge to bring people to reconciliation. And it's not always through the person that hurt them. Sometimes that reconciliation is to bring it to a person that can understand where you are and empower you to, to really go forward. But your pain and what has happened to many PK kids, you know, what has happened to many people that, I have went through things. It, it's such a burden sometimes. It's such a, a, a wide a wound that it's hard to be healed. But I want to just share this with you in prayer that many times God allows things to happen. I preached the sermon. I had to go that way. He allows things to happen so you can become a wounded healer because yeah. there are other people that need to hear your story. There are other people that are, are wounded like you. You, you seem like you've made it. There are other people here that haven't made it. They're still stuck because of the sins of their fathers. Sometimes God allows certain people to go through things so you can come back and help people uh, heal from the very thing that have wounded you. Powerful. My Powerful. God. My Powerful. God. My God. Powerful. Thank you. You're so, welcome. So and, 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 and for another, for another show... How do you uh, do that? Tell your story. Be walking that purpose, walking that journey without dishonoring the person who's living. I'm going to have to interject. I'm going to have to interject because, believe it or not, we are at the last few seconds, the last minute of the show. And I'm going to humbly ask for Bishop. Harris to come back on because there's yes. so much more. This is so rich. And um, yes. we want to answer Carrie's question. There was another call on the line that I was not able to get to. And we that was must, Frank. we must, <laughs> we must, we must get back to what um, B 
bishop is saying so that it can be received. So this is furthering fathering. Where fatherhood is elevated, families are transformed, the communities are transformed by the five core principles that form the word heart. H-E-A-R-T, honor, encouragement, accountability, reconciliation, and training. We love you. We thank you. We thank you, Bishop. <laughs> Until the thank next you. week, we are excited yes. to be alive. Amen. 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 Amen.